The Mac is over is Mac Geek Gab number 130 for Monday, December 3rd, 2007. Greetings, folks, and welcome to the Mac Observer's Mac Geek Gab. I'm Dave Hamilton here with John Braun, and we are bringing you episode 130 of the Geek Gab, and we've got more stuff about syncing to talk about uh, than any other episode. And let's hope, John, that this episode doesn't sync. <laughs> How are you? Ooh, oh, that was painful. Was that? Was that bad? Maybe. Good. So, uh, so we're getting the white stuff, man. Yeah, we got a pile of snow here. The kids didn't have school today. It was uh, it was just a rip roaring good time. So yeah, the whole country I think got clobbered. The uh, Middle America and the Northeast. So uh, yeah, yeah, yep. So it's a great time to stay indoors and catch up on your back episodes of, of the podcast. <laughs> I yeah, I guess that's uh, I guess that's what you do if your internet connection is working. <laughs> oh yeah, that's right. Oh, I didn't think about that. Oh yeah, those right. people. Yeah, we didn't get the snow here. wasn't too uh, wasn't too heavy, so it didn't uh, it didn't pull down trees or anything. Sorry, I was pulling away from the mm-hmm. mic. Yeah, no, we had mostly a black ice, which is always fun. It's a, yeah, when you hear about the vehicular flipovers, that's uh, usually uh, all right. Anyways, enough uh, vehicular uh, nastiness. Uh, enough. Where are we going here? Uh, well, we're going straight into an email here from Eric, and I'm going to do my best. I I had uh, you know I had those two gigs this past weekend, and uh, the first one, I had about half my voice. The second one, I had absolutely nothing. Uh, and I'm just starting to recover here. So there's all sorts of tea and various other beverages here trying to uh, to get me through the show. I'll excuse me. I'll, I'll ask you to please pardon my uh, my scratchy throat and uh, and pauses for coughs, you know. Anyway, Eric writes, love your podcast eyes. I have a Big problem, which is getting worse by the day. My business runs with three computers synced at all times, and one computer is not syncing. It seems that I cannot register this computer with .Mac no matter what I try. I keep getting this message. A computer named, the name of this computer, is already registered with .Mac synchronization server. If you use the same name for two different computers, you may lose your synchronized information on all registered computers and advices, blah, 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 blah. No matter which option I try, I end up getting the message. There was a problem with this sync operation. A computer with this name is already registered with .Mac. I even tried creating an entire new administrative user and naming the computer something different. Didn't work. My other two computers seem to be syncing fine, including iDisk, which we use militantly. But a strange listing appears in the preferences panel where you register the computer for syncing. I've never seen it before. .Mac Sync Engine is its name. Can you please help me as we're beginning to lose our digitally synced grip on reality? John, you want to... Uh, I've got some more stuff to say about this. I'm going to talk about a little bit after we, we read the next question. So I'll let you, uh, let you take what you've got for this one and then we'll try and okay. figure this all out. I just have very little bit. I was starting to research okay. this. First, I don't know if I'd recommend militant use of... Well, no. no that's actually good, I think. Yeah. Always, always sync. Um, but I did find this one thing, uh, just to chime in. Uh, so the .Mac sync engine. And I was like, that's weird, because it, it, that was mentioned as a new entry in the, uh, in the .Mac control panel. I'm like, right. I haven't seen that before. There's something wrong there. Well, 
sure enough, when I went to my, uh, even my PowerBook, so right now, as some of you know, uh, but you're all going to know now, is that my PowerBook uh, G4 is still on Tiger, and then my G5 is on Leopard, so I have, uh, but they're both still accessing .Mac. So anyway, something caused this to be added, because I've seen it on at least one of the machines, and probably on the other machine as well. Now, what as far as I can tell from looking, and actually there was an Apple discussion board, when you upgrade to a certain version, uh, so it's a combination of things. So if you upgrade to a certain version of the Mac OS, or .Mac does an upgrade, it's unclear what caused it, but all of a sudden this new thing uh, appears. Now, here's the bad news, though, and, and actually we will link to a Apple uh, uh, article about this. Do not unregister the .Mac sync engine. Um, basically what they say is if you do, even if it adds itself, well, it adds itself back automatically, but then from that point on, you will experience um, unpredictable behavior unless you clear everything out. And they're kind of not very specific um, as to how to do that. And I think that leads to, to something you're going to talk about, Dave. So, so anyways, if you see that user, please do not delete it because that can, and I suspect in this case, it may have made a bad problem worse. So. Yeah, that that uh, is probably quite true. Uh, okay, so let's let's read. Uh, I'm going to read the next question only because the answer to it kind of fell into my lap this week. Uh, Andrew writes, uh, "Dave, I've started using .Mac Sync to sync my Yojimbo. Just text post for websites, and I always get that more than five percent warning. Is there any way to disable it?" All right. So when this message came in, uh, you, you folks know I typically only look at the Geek Gab mailbox once a week when I prep the show. And the reason is if I start looking at it early, uh, if I'm not actually sitting down to do the prep for the show, then I'll start answering things and skip things that uh, I actually want to talk about. Uh, you know, John and I are here to talk about in the show. So uh, but I did see this come in because I don't know why I saw it come in, but I saw it come in anyway. If I had answered this when it came in, my answer would have been exactly the same thing that Barebones Support told me years ago, or a year ago, I guess, a year and a half ago, when I started using Yojimbo. And that is, uh, nope, there's no way to change this. Uh, it must be some Apple setting. It's not Yojimbo. It's the .Mac sync engine that's uh, that's getting in the way here, and it's just warning you. But once you build up enough stuff in Yojimbo, then it's not such a big deal anymore because it just won't happen with every single thing. Okay, fair enough. Well, that's not correct. As you all know, and this is this is going to lead into Eric's question here. You've all heard me uh, whining for the last couple of weeks about how I have been unable to get Yojimbo to sync with either of my computers. The one up in the studio uh, where I record the podcast here has just had a blank Yojimbo. The one at the house has been frozen since November 5th. And then the one in the office is fine, but that's the only one I put data into. Very, very frustrating because I, I, I like to use it everywhere. And I've tried everything. This week, I tried a few more things. And the first thing I tried may be the solution to Eric's problem, but it was not the solution to mine. Uh, if you go into the .Mac preference pane, John, and you go to the advanced section, and it's a little different in Tiger and Leopard, but if you go to the advanced section, you'll see the list that he's talking about and the list that, that you referred to that lists all of your computers. Go to a computer that's working. It'll show you all the computers in the list regardless. Remove every single one of them. Now, make sure the computer that you're at has what you would consider a, uh, 
up-to-date, i.e. master set of data, right? So go into this computer and remove every single computer from the list of computers that will sync. So unregister, right? Unregister, correct. Thank you. Yes, unregister. An interesting thing will happen. When you get to the very last one and remove it, it'll come out of the list, and then you'll get a dialogue that I had never seen before that says... There is currently, you know, uh, 40 megabytes worth of data, uh, sync data being stored on your .Mac account that is unused because you've got nothing syncing to this anymore. And, you know, do you want to remove it? Answer, yes. So that clears out whatever is caught up there on, on the .Mac servers. Now, that did not fix my problem whatsoever, but I have a feeling that may fix Eric's. So that's, that's why I wanted to bring it up. It, it, I had no idea. I was trying to figure out how to delete all that data, and you can't. You don't have permissions to do it. But, uh, but removing all the computers will then give you the option, or at least hopefully will give you the option that I saw, that allows you to remove that stuff. So that's one. Then I synced it all back up. All the computers. It's funny. All the computers would say, oh, the data's been reset on .Mac. Do you want to come get them? Yes. And then it would even sometimes ask me, well, which version of the data do you want to keep? But in the end especially on the computer here in the studio, I'd get nothing. And the same thing happened again. It's like, man, there's something else going on. And honestly, I forget where I read this. I think actually, no, it was the Apple discussion boards. And it said to open the iSync application. Now, John, I know you use iSync regularly because you sync with a palm. Uh, but I don't. And you sync with your phone. But I don't. And I thought the iSync app had been all but deprecated Uh but apparently there are some things in here that are very valuable. And if you go into the iSync app and go to the preferences, this is where things get really, really interesting. At the bottom two options, the first one answers Andrew's question. And it's a simple little checkbox that says show data change alert when. And you can turn it completely off or you can mm -hmm. tell it to show a data change alert when any data is changed. 5% or you can increase it to 25 or 50. And that way uh, you can now remember, this is a global change for everything with dot Mac. So it's not just your Jimbo. Now it applies to your address book and you could lose 20% of your address book without any warnings whatsoever. So you may choose not to change uh, this from 5%, but it is an option. Uh, I found this John only when I went to look for the last item in these iSync preferences, and that is reset sync history. This hmm. was the magic answer that solved all of my problems. I don't know what it does. I think it only resets the sync history for the computer you're on. I went and just did it on all of mine. I, I had had it. You know, I was looking for I wasn't looking for the elegant approach. I had the machete out. And the blade was dull and I was sweaty and dirty and I was just hacking through the woods trying desperately to get to the oasis. Right. That, that's that's the uh, right. that, that's the analogy here. So uh, and I got there, but I don't you know, I did it on all three computers and then I manually forced a sync. I told my MacBook Pro, which I had considered the master. OK, now you're the master again. Go and, you know, refresh dot Mac with all of your data. And it did that. And then all the other computers repopulated and the world came into focus again. So. OK, now I just want to clarify, because on the various machines, now I've noted, as you have, that between uh, Tiger and Leopard, things look a little different. But now there are two buttons when you when you go to the advanced tab. One is on register, which I think you were talking about as one option. Another is 
Now let me look here. Reset sync data. Now I see that on the dot Mac panel, but then yep. I see reset sync history. So it sounds like sync history goes and gets rid of more data than just doing this reset sync data. Actually, they're two different things. Let me see if I can explain this. The, um, the, the sync data is the one where you tell it, look, uh, I either want to replace the sync data on my computer, I eat all my you know calendars and address book and Yojimbo data on my computer, replace it with everything that's from .Mac, or take the data that's on my computer and replace everything that's on .Mac with it. That's the reset sync data. History mm-hmm. is, I think it keeps some sort of a log, so it knows what it's seen come down from .Mac and what it still needs to mingle in with its changes, and for some reason on my two computer, two of my three computers that had gotten totally corrupted. And so resetting that was what actually let it then pull down the data from dot Mac and mingle it in appropriately. Okay, cool. All right. Actually, I, I don't think I've ever done reset sync data. Oh, I think really? I've just whacked machines. Cause I just clicked on it while you were talking yeah. being lazy, <laughs> but then I saw it exactly. Uh, it's very similar. Palm at Palm software has the same thing. And a lot of yeah. sync software says, okay, you want who's, who's the boss and who's going to get, uh, erased with the with the authoritative data. So, uh, but anyway, but I thought I'd mention it too because if I get confused, then other people may get confused. No, thank you know. very much. Yeah. That was a good find because that is just buried. I mean, yeah, unless you're in iSync at all, which a lot of people have no reason to be in iSync. Right. Uh, so that's like the the nuke and pave of the uh, sync world. There, it, it really seemed to be it. It whatever was that was what was holding up the world now. There were people talking about going in and deleting uh, the sync caches manually and the sync services plist files manually, and there was all kinds of you know contention over whether or not this is a really good idea. Yes, it can solve your problems, but holy moly, you're going to blow things up and you might lose data. And uh, and then somebody at the bottom of the thread said, "Well, just try this button." And it's like, "Oh yeah, the, push the button," you know. So I pushed the button, and that was it. Yep. Now, my book, uh, just, you know, along with the, these problems in general, but uh, one strategy that I think is useful, and I think both Dave and I, you know, employ this, but so I have a palm, which is kind of my authoritative reference because I sync it to two different sources. Dangerous. Uh, I sync it to, uh, uh, it seems to work okay. Yeah, I may be living on the edge there. So I sync it to both Notes and .Mac, but the palm is the focal point of that, and it seems to talk to both worlds just fine. But yeah. You may want to think that whenever you're going to be do, doing this stuff, yeah, and I, I think, you know, as some listeners say, they uh, militantly or, or religiously or whatever, um, yeah, always have your data in more than one place, whether you just create a, a zip file, an archive file, or, you know, better yet, use a, a sync utility. Um, don't keep all your data just in one place. Have, have it spread out. Now, yeah. you know, there's sync issues, but that's not as bad as losing everything. That's right. Yes. Our first sponsor for this show is Smile on My Mac with Disk Label. Now, Disk Label is a piece of software that lets you go ahead and print labels for your CDs and DVDs. It goes beyond that, though, of course, as, it, as, as with everything from Smile on My Mac. Uh, you can print jewel case inserts, DVD case inserts, and more. They've got jillions. I don't think I'm exaggerating here. Jillions of built pre-built templates or you can design one from scratch 
it imports track information from iTunes and photo information from iPhoto. So you can create this very, very personalized, customized label for your CD or DVD that pulls from all the stuff that you already have. Uh, it supports almost every label out there, as well as those direct to CD printers and the LightScribe drives. And this is disc label from Smile on My Mac. It retails for $35.95 right from the website. Of course, you can download a trial. And, uh, and don't forget, custom collections of music or photos with uh, great-looking labels and cases make wonderful gifts this time of year. So that's all at smileonmymac.com. And, John, with that, we're going to move back to uh, some syncing. We recently talked about iCal syncing, and last week we fielded a question for from someone that was trying to figure out how to sync iCal calendars with another user on that Mac. And you and I had yeah. no... Yeah, go ahead. Well, well I, I want to clarify, but because we did get... Um, I don't have a list of who wrote in, but but yeah. I, I just want to clarify the question we were answering. And, and I think we may have skipped over some things because both Dave and I have used different types of systems. And, and I know Dave has his own issues with iCal. But, but what we were answering a question... Uh, I think in the mindset of someone who wants to do a more sophisticated calendaring. So the thing is, iCal, if you're talking a single user on a single Mac with a single calendar or even multiple calendars, and it's all under the same user account, iCal is really, really good. Right. It, it's perfect for that. It's when you want to start talking more advanced, multiple either user account or multiple user, multiple calendar applications. And, and I think... As I mentioned before, note, I'm very used to Notes, and Notes is a perfect example, though I'm sure Outlook and other things I just don't have hands-on. I have hands-on with Notes. And Notes fully embraces the concept of a server-based calendar with multiple users and invites and looking at people's schedules and, and things like that, which just gets way beyond what the base iCal installation does. So, so to, to the people that wrote in saying, well, I just use .Mac and, and sync my calendar and everything's fine – Absolutely. That, that's the, the best thing to do to share a calendar among a single user account and, and a you know, basic shared, everybody can see it, everybody can change it. Um, but we're getting into a world which, you know, when you're in like an office or, or a school or whatever, you, ca- you can quickly get beyond that and it becomes impractical. So yeah. just want to <laughs> clarify what we were trying to answer and then I think, Dave, we, uh, we got a few people writing us, you know, we love the listeners because you guys tell us about things we don't know about, at least the few things that we have here, Dave. I, I was not aware of them, but it seems that, you know, the developer community will fill the void if it's there, and I, I think it's there. You know, I, I'm going to go on a, a mini rant here, John, because you, you said the developer community will, will fill the void and it's, if it's there, and, and you also mentioned my issues with iCal. I, so I'm going gonna, I'm gonna, to... I'm going to lay out a plea here. I'm, I'm down on one knee. Will you folks please, someone out there, fix iCal's to-do support? I want two things. I want, because iCal could work for me, right? I'm using now up to date. That thing's gotten really long in the tooth. I, I don't know what else to use. I want to-dos that, do, that allow me two things. One, recurring to-dos. So I can say every third Wednesday of the month at four o'clock in the afternoon, I'm going to have a meeting with so-and-so. Okay. I mean, that's not that hard, right? iCal can't do it. The second thing, and and actually I don't want a meeting. I I want every third Wednesday of the month, I need to put out the trash or every Wednesday I need to put out the trash. No time, no nothing, just a to-do, regular to-do because iCal will do the recurring appointment. Sorry about that. So 
you know, recurring to do's. It's just not that hard. Second, after I put out the trash on Wednesday and I check it off, I want it to land on that Wednesday and stay there so I can look back a year from now and say, did I put out the trash on Wednesday, December 5th? Ah, yes, I did. I checked that box. If I checked it, by golly, I put out the trash. That's the two things I want in order. If I could do recurring, I could probably live without the history, though I wouldn't be happy in any event. We move on. We were trying to answer a question of a listener who had two user accounts on the same Mac and wanted to share a calendar between them. And David wrote in with the solution. David writes, Hey guys, to sync calendars between my wife's account and my account, we use BusySync from www.busymac.com. It works well. I can update her calendars and she can update mine. Makes life easier and keeps us both up to date. That's it. This app rocks. It absolutely fills that void. Uh, it, it, it seems well polished. I haven't used it a whole lot, but it, it certainly lives up to exactly what, uh, it, it exactly solves a problem from our, our yeah. caller. Line. I see it right here. Multi-user editing yeah. allows multiple users to share and edit calendars with full read, write, yeah. which as we know, the default solution doesn't do that. Right. So actually I'm looking at these guys. Apple should just like buy them or something. Yeah, and make them and just give them iCal and just let them do it. Don't interrupt them only to bring them lunch and shower them with gifts. That's it. it that, that's what needs to happen. Whoever's working you know, on iCal at Apple. Uh, I got to admit for the, for the last show, though, I did find a link, and, and it sounds like uh, Apple has like iCal server or something, which sounds like. Cal, yeah, CalDev, yeah. Uh, or they have an iCal, I think it's called iCal server, but it's on their server OS. Right, and I right. haven't had an opportunity to check it out on Leopard. So right. that may be a contender, but, but this looks, uh, yeah. All right. Looks good. Uh, Peter also wrote in and Peter writes, I really enjoy your show. Always learn something. I, I use Plaxo at www.plaxo.com to synchronize calendars and address books across my PC at work my Mac mini at home and a Google account for online use. It sets up its own online calendar and address book and synchronizes everything to that. It's worked really well for me. Another solution. I think a little bit different than what Gregory, uh, which was the caller last week was looking for. But uh, again, another very robust multi-platform even uh, solution that, uh, that may work well for, for some of you that are looking to do this stuff. Got anything else, John, or do we uh, do we let Brad share his hint for uh, for p- potentially a solution to DD's problem? I'm I'm giving it to Brad. Okay, all right, Brad. Here we go. Hi, Dave and John. It's Brad Kruger here from South Africa. Really enjoy your show and a regular list every week. With regards to DD's question about her shift uh, zero parenthesis key, has she looked at her keyboard shortcuts, perhaps? If she goes into her system preferences, into her keyboard and mouse control panel and opens up keyboard shortcuts, have a look and see she doesn't have some shortcut map to the shift zero key. Duh. I bet that's it. I, I mean, I, I can't believe neither one of us thought about this. It, it, that is the answer. I've got I've uh, to be convinced. I thought my other answer was pretty good, but... But it didn't solve but no, her problem. Actually, I think we... T- what? <laughs> it, didn't, it didn't solve her problem. <laughs> Oh, it didn't? Mm-mm. Oh, yeah. bummer. Yeah, you know. 
Oh, I must have missed the uh, the, the reply there. Oh. So you got to go out here and check these out um, in keyboard shortcuts. It it could be one of the default ones, or that that's been changed from or not one of the defaults, one of the built in ones that's been changed from its default, or. If you scroll down to the bottom of the list, you'll see application keyboard shortcuts. And there's, of course, a group for all applications, and it could be right there. I can't imagine how something could get in there. Well, who knows? I mean, depending on the environment the computer's in, somebody may have, yeah, Yeah. had a little fun there. Now, here's another option, which I think, as a last resort, or just as something interesting, but I think we talked about it before, but I'll mention again, Popchar, or Popchar. Popchar. I think it's Care. Yeah, Care, you think so? Because it's about characters. Yeah. I would Pop call it Pop Care. Yeah. But anyways, it's a very nice utility. It, it, it hangs up and it hangs out next to your Apple menu. You click on it. It gives you a complete layout for the font that you're in. And if you click on the character you want, it'll uh, generate it in whatever program you happen to be in. So if there's something wrong with your keyboard or it's busted or something, even though it may be painful to click the mouse button to enter characters one by one, Hey, it's better than nothing. So, yeah, good point. That, yeah, that's actually a great idea. I mean, it, it's a hack, but not a bad thing to have around if uh, if you got a problem that renders certain keys or your entire keyboard useless. So, and it's a nice utility just because it also gives you a view. I mean, very similar to uh, oh, what the heck is it called? Uh, whatever they call the uh, font uh, is it font book? I think I think yeah. font book. Yeah. Uh, this is a, a different way of looking at all the characters within all your fonts, but also being able to, uh, you know, hit them on the keyboard, which I don't know if font bug, I don't think font bug does that. I think it just shows you. Yeah. So. All right. We will, uh, we will move on to Ron's question. Ron writes, I have a persistent problem that I have not been able to resolve since upgrading to Leopard. I have a wireless home network using an airport express. I have an iMac Intel duo a MacBook Intel, and an iMac G4 connected. The G4 is running Tiger and has never had this problem. The MacBook did not have this problem when it was running Tiger. The Intel iMac and the MacBook will lose the connection to the network about every third or fourth time they awake from sleep. I have to go in and re-enter the network name and password to reconnect. I have reset all items in the network preference pane, made sure the keychain is set properly and has no defects. Reset each computer by restarting in safe mode and then starting the computer again. I have checked every setting I can find and the problem still persists. If you have any ideas, I would appreciate your help. I, I had a thought on this, John, but I, I think you had perhaps an even better thought. So I'll let you go first and then I'll let Okay. Me. Well, first off, I have lots of ideas. So let me share them all with you now. Oh, about wireless. Yes. So, yes, that's right. Um, okay. Sorry about that. <laughs> so let's go to system preferences network. And then assuming that you have airports selected, here's the first thing I double check. Um, there's this uh, entry here that says by default join, and it should say a specific network. It may say something else, but uh, you know, see what that's set to see if it's set to log into the network that you always want to log into. But I think more importantly is if you click on the options button, you'll only see a dialogue that has a number of things here. And, and I'm going to point out one specifically and then, well, we'll, we'll go through them. So okay. it has a choice here. If no recent networks are found, ask before joining an open network, automatically join an open network, keep looking for recent networks. Actually, right now I have it saying ask before joining. Yeah, I think that's network. the default. That's the worst case. But then I think the checkbox that's most important is there's one that says, remember any network this computer has joined. I have mine checked, and I think because I have mine checked, whenever I 
fire up my computer, it, it just kind of takes care of it. So, so double check that setting and make sure that the, I would say, make sure that box is checked. Yeah. I, I don't know. Otherwise I'd be losing it. The only other thing I could think of is that, uh, you know, depending where you're at, um, you may have, I don't know, this is a long shot here, but hey, it's worth a try. But if you're in a congested area, you may be, especially if there are other Linksys or others. Oh, yeah. <laughs> and these settings are not uh, targeted to your base station, base station specifically. Say that five times fast. Um, you may every now and then be stumbling across one that has the same name but different credentials, and that's why it's asking you. So um, that's another thing. You know, poke around uh, using whatever tool, um, you know, channels, things like that. So, so maybe change your base station name to something very, very unique just so you don't have a chance of stumbling across another one in the neighborhood that has the same name and maybe close by. So that's about all i got to say about that one. I don't know if you have any... Extra tidbits there, Dave. Well, the the only thing I thought of was, okay, you know, th- this could be a, a preferences thing, perhaps. Although the fact that it's happening sporadically like that, maybe not. But I've solved a lot of weird network issues by going into the uh, network system preference and then going to network port configurations, choosing mm-hmm. the port, in this case, the airport, highlight it and delete it. Uh, it will automatically re-add itself because... OS 10 will find that there is an available network port to the system that is not being used, not, not being configured. Uh, and what that does is it goes out to a plist file and wipes out everything to do with that port. It's possible that some entry out there got corrupted or something is convoluted. You'll have to kind of go and rebuild your profile reset. However, you've got it set configuring, you know, uh, attaching to your network, uh, if you've got it doing a custom IP address or anything like that, you've got to go and change it. But uh, that will kind of reset things back to ground zero. Uh, it, it'll, in one fell swoop, kind of reset everything that John talked about. Now, you know, I, I do prefer if, if there is, not if there is, there almost always is a needle in the haystack that you're trying to fix. Uh, this sort of gets rid of at least one haystack. Uh, but if you can find the needle, that's, you know, a little more elegant and certainly more appealing to us geeks. But, hey, sometimes you just got to move on. Yeah, I, yeah. I still like the random mysterious space station from that space. And, uh, but <laughs> yeah, wouldn't that be cool if somehow you connected to like a base station that was on Mars or something? Wouldn't that be cool? Well, you know, I mean, I've seen some of the geeks where, well, you know, the Pringles can antenna for 2.4 gigahertz uh, wireless. A Pringles can is a nice uh, collector for that sort of thing. I don't think that's going to get get through the atmosphere. I don't think 2.4 gigahertz is going to survive. You know, some ham buddies have done moon bounces. You've heard, oh, you're, you're, yeah. uh, you're oh, yeah. dead. A lot of ham stuff, I, right? I come from a, a long line of ham operators. That's right. Yeah. And if you are a ham operator, which uh, there's got to be one or uh, I know there's at least one oh, or two. Oh, yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Moving on. Uh, uh, before we move on, or or moving on, depending on how you're looking at it, our second sponsor for this show is Audible at audible.com/slash/macgeekgab. That's the link you go to for a 14-day free trial of Audible Listener Gold and one free download of an audiobook of your choosing. You can then take that audiobook and any others that you buy and listen on your iPod, your Trio, your Mac. You can burn it to a CD. You can uh, output it and, and record it to a tape if you've got a tape deck hooked up. 
if you got one of those old phonograph burners, you could burn it to that uh, and, and then listen on a, on a 33 RPM or even 78 RPM. But I doubt anyone's actually doing that. Audible has over 35,000 audiobooks available, uh, and you can listen to them anywhere, basically anywhere you listen to, uh, to this podcast. Uh, some of the books they have, you've heard us talk about them before. I Was, How I Invented the Personal Computer and Had Fun Along the Way, and the Icon, Steve Jobs' book, the second... Th- <laughs> I knew I was going to screw something up. The Greatest Second Act in the History of Business. That's Icon Steve Jobs, The Greatest Second Act in the History of Business, all available at audible.com slash MacGeekGab. Go check it out. Two weeks free. Uh, get yourself something nice to listen to throughout the Christmas season or perhaps buy a uh, membership for a, a loved one. And uh, and with that, we're going to move right along to Chadwick here, who picked up on something that we mentioned in a previous show and has a uh, a burning question about it. Hey, Dave and John, this is Chadwick from Columbus, Ohio. Just finished uh, or in the middle of listening to uh, show two to the seventh power, as John so eloquently put it. Um, and uh, Dave, you were just ta- talking about your trip down to see Stevie Wonder, um, yeah. the great concert that was, and how you, while in your hotel room, did the Back to My Mac thing, and it all worked wonderfully, as you said. Um, question that I had was, as you came, as you did Back to My Mac with your iMac at your house, um, was your iMac asleep, um, and how did that affect the situation if... if if it wasn't asleep, how do you leave your computer on all the time and not sleep and, and obviously not get screen burn and all those different things? Um, what, what are some options that, that people can use to, uh, to leave our machines on so we can access them through back to my Mac, um, but yet not have them, you know... All right, so you got that. <laughs> we got uh, you it. You can reach me. All right, we're just going to move on. Uh, all right, so there's there's two questions here. There is a question uh, asking if my iMac was asleep, how did I access it? And then the second question is if my iMac wasn't asleep, how do I keep it uh, running? So I'm going to answer the first question, and then, John, you're going to answer the, uh, the the second question. I and chat. You are. Hello. Hi, John. How are you? You doing all right? <laughs> you know, you know, John, we've, we've got this weird Skype thing going on. Sometimes the Skype comfort noise gets hissy and sometimes it doesn't. It seems like tonight, for whatever reason, it's a little hissy. So uh, enjoy the hiss. It's like a big blanket of comfort. Uh, anyway, so I'm going to answer this first question. How to wake up a computer that's not local? We all know when perhaps maybe we don't. Uh, there is the wake on LAN function, which if you go into the uh, security, I think, no, power saving, energy saver, wherever it is. Mm-hmm. And, uh, and you go to the, options. yeah, you go to the options and you, yeah, you choose wake for Ethernet network administrator access. That will allow your computer to be woken up with the uh, magic wake on LAN packet. Now, LAN is all fine and good if you're on the same LAN. Connected physically doesn't work for airport has to be ethernet, the the computer receiving the signal ethernet. Okay. How do you open it up if you're across a network? Well, there's two, there's two things you have to do. One is you have to configure your router to take UDP port nine, which is where the magic wake on land packet is typically sent 
and broadcast it to your entire network. There are many ways of doing this. If you have a Linksys router set in its default mode, uh, it's fairly straightforward. And there's a link at dslreports.com that we will link to that, that tells you how to configure uh, forwarding port nine to basically forward UDP port nine to the broadcast address dot two fifty five. That's if you're using the default firmware. I am not. I'm using the DD WRT firmware. And there were a couple of lines uh, that I had to add to the startup script to poke a hole in the firewall to do this properly. But I did that. The second thing you do is go to dslreports.com slash wake up. And in there, you type two things. One is the address of your router, the IP address. Or if you have, if you followed our advice in the last show and set up a, uh, uh, dynamic DNS, but some sort of address to your router that gets you to your home network. And then the second thing that you need to do, and this is why adding UDP port nine to broadcast to your network is fairly safe because you have to know the Mac address, the MAC address, media access control address of your computer that you're trying to wake up. So you type in the IP address of your router, the MAC address of the computer you're trying to wake up. And like magic, uh, if you've configured it correctly, it will totally work. The good news is, you can test this even when you're home because you're going to DSL reports. And so the request is coming in from DSL reports.com, not from, uh, from your computers. You can test this right there and, uh, and it works great. Then obviously once it's woken up back on my Mac, good to go. So that's, uh, that's my piece of this, John, you're going to answer now, uh, the piece of, if you were to leave the computer on, uh, how do you make sure there's no screen burn and, and, uh, other things that you can do to, to limit the, environmental and and computer impact of, of having it on all the time so i'd say actually this brought up a question so so the easy answer here is of course you go to system preferences energy saver and there are two tabs there sleep and options dave of course was just talking about things and options so you have sleep now there's a slider here the second slider put displays to sleep when the computer is inactive for and it has a minute 15 one hour and then it has never so uh, just set, uh, <laughs> you know, set it to something else. But now here's the head scratcher, and I think this may be a future show. Put computer to sleep when it's inactive. How do you know? Uh, so I'm going to toss this out as something I think we may want to discuss in the future. So the screen sure. thing is forward. But put computer to sleep when it is inactive. What's an inactive Mac? Hmm. That's a good question. Is put hard disks disk parenthesis close to sleep when possible when does the computer do that so i've wondered that because i've had very rarely but i've had cases where i thought my mac was just kind of sitting around and doing nothing i don't know if inactivity means no input devices maybe it does but i've had cases where i would have expected the computer to go to sleep and it didn't. What I normally do is when I leave the room that I have my desktop in, I'll hit the power button on the keyboard, and it'll say, what do you want to do? And I'll hit S on the keyboard, which oddly enough means sleep and not shut down. Yeah. <laughs> That's what I put my Mac to sleep. But uh, So I guess what I'm saying is I don't trust it to know, because I think I've been burned in the past when I've been running weird extensions or, or add-ons or stuff where I thought the computer would go to sleep, and it didn't. Um, yeah, I, I have. In fact, I have that problem. The, the iMac in question rarely falls asleep on its own now that it's running Leopard. Uh, I don't know what it is. I thought it was Net Newswire, and it seems like more often than not, uh, 
it won't fall asleep when Net Newswire is running, but I've also quit Net Newswire and also not had it fall asleep. So I don't know. Uh, I know file sharing, of course, if you have a uh, a share mm-hmm. mounted from another computer. Yeah, sure. Then it won't go to sleep, obviously. But uh, otherwise, I I don't know. Well, they're not so obvious. It should say, hey, cutting you off. Yeah, but imagine if a file's open. Like, although I guess it could know that a file's open. Yeah, who knows? I don't know. Yeah. So we, we beg... Well, not beg. Maybe not on two knee. One knee. <laughs> if you folks know what makes a Mac think it's inactive, we'd like to know because I, yeah. we. It sounds like we've both been burned by trusting the OS to know when yeah, nothing's happening. When we it, think nothing's happening. Now, to me, and and here's how. Here's my criteria. If the screensaver kicks on, the same thing should, and then you know, and then display sleep. The same thing should then put the Mac to sleep, right? I mean, it should be whatever criteria allows it to put the screensaver on. That should be the same criteria that then allows it to fall asleep. But that does not happen with my iMac at the house. It definitely does not. The screensaver will come on, the screen will go to sleep, and the computer never goes to sleep. And I think, yeah, and I think, uh, uh, actually, I've I've just, uh, to avoid the trauma of this happening is my desktop Mac, I manually put it to sleep, and my portable... I'll close the lid. Yeah. Yeah. I wish if, if there was some log or something that I could see whatever that activity was, but uh, clearly, you know, you and I are not going to figure that out tonight. And I, and I think that's our cue. Certainly the band's cue to bring it in. If they're, if they're still moving, it's cold out there. Although it's not that cold. It's uh, it was much colder this weekend. We were in, I think it was 12 yesterday afternoon. And now it's uh, in the high twenties. It may even well, be. Yeah. Ooh, Fahrenheit. Fahrenheit. For our international right. listeners. Fahrenheit, that's right. Yeah, thank you. We're the uh, only nation in... Are we it? Yep, I believe so. And maybe one or two other... It's <sighs> crazy. Hey, uh, I want to let you all know, you know we're doing our Cirque de Mac party at, at Macworld Expo. That's the party where uh, the Macworld Expo, of course... Uh, the Macworld, Macworld Expo. The Macworld, Macworld All-Star Band. Or band. Thank you. Uh, Even I knew what you were going to say. You knew what I was going to say. Everybody knew what I was going to say. I just couldn't say it. Uh, That's where the Macworld All-Star Band plays. That does include yours truly, along with Chris Breen, Chuck Latornis, Paul Kent, uh, who you're going to hear an interview with in in the next show. Uh, I think the next show is going to come out Saturday. Anyway, Paul Kent, Dwayne Straub, and, of course, Brian Chaffin. Uh, It's a great party. Free drinks all night long. Invitation only. And you can't get in. Unless... Unless you, you knew there was an unless we're, we're going to run a contest here on TMO to give away at least 10 tickets to the party. We, sorry, 10 pairs of tickets. We usually give away more than that. Um, but I'm opening it up to you folks first. The uh, the contest is not going to go live, I think, until December 12th on the website. But it is live now. And uh, and you can go to the link here that we've put uh, in the show notes and the uh and of course, oh, actually, this show is not going to be released in AAC. Michael is uh, swamped this week. Michael Johnson mm-hmm. is swamped this week. So, yeah, this is coming out MP3 only for, for all of you. Uh, so no link in the show, but you can go to the show notes. I promise it's in there. And uh, and you can sign up for the contest once a day. So you get uh, an extra, I think, 10 days here to uh, to sign up before it's open up to the world. So uh, you get you get ahead of all the uh, all the other ones. Uh, okay. The other option. Yes, John. Oh, I don't know. Uh, mm. If if you get, know me, 
and you, you see me at the show, I, I may have an extra ticket or two. Yeah, that's right. And One you can also two. you can also visit our sponsors. Although, uh, in, in all fairness, they the uh, the sponsors have tickets that are that are for their their people. But our sponsors are Otherworld Computing, uh, Edemotic, and Audio Engine. All available. Uh, all going to be at the show, and uh, and they've graciously uh, agreed to sponsor the Cirque du Mac again. Mm-hmm. Cirque du Mac this year. It's our fifth fifth party. First time we're doing sponsors, and those are our three sponsors. But uh, you don't bother them about tickets. Go, come in. Uh, no, no. I'd say the best strategy is tackle Dave. Thanks. Yeah, appreciate that. You can see me one fifteen p.m. I will be doing my clean, lean, and mean Mac. Uh, presentation on wednesday afternoon you know I, i'm just burned out i've I, this cold and everything let's just let's just wrap this up uh i gotta go watch the patriots anyway it's monday night all right uh watch heroes. say that again heroes 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 oh yeah all right you don't watch that oh. no i never did i never got into it it's the the mid-season break so uh Excellent show, especially on HD. Ah. Cashfly Hosting, Podcast Marketplace, A5 and A2 dust-up speakers from Audio Engine, BB Edit from Barebones Software, one free download from Audible, disc label from Smile on My Mac, and all your travel needs at harman-etravel.com. Ladies and gentlemen, don't get caught. Made up.